Good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here. We also want to welcome you if you're listening online. We're also glad that you're here. I want to just celebrate with you this morning before we get uh, into today's message, just several good things that are going on. Uh, we have adopted the middle school, Pittsburgh Middle School, for those who maybe are new today, uh, a couple years ago, and we've been doing just different projects, things that they uh, need, and when they tell us what they need, we try to meet that need. And this, uh, this last project is called Look Good, Feel Good Bags, and essentially what those are is different types of hygiene products and things that the students can use. And we had a goal of reaching 200, and we've already had 145 look good, feel good bags uh, that have been picked up, and hopefully those will be returned today. And then we're just only about 55 short. So if you've been waiting to grab one, uh, or if you've already filled one out and you want to grab another one, we're fine with that. But we want to hit that goal for the middle school. And so uh, we want to make you aware of that. Also wanted to just celebrate today. Last week, uh, Pastor Age made a pitch for the homestead. If you're new today, uh, we bought a house a couple houses over, turned it into a college house. And so it's open during the week and on the weekends for students. And uh, last week we needed some volunteers and we had 12 people. Now that may not sound like a lot, but we had 12 people sign up and say, I want to help at the homestead. So we want to celebrate that as well. And I'm told yesterday uh, that we, have a, we had a rummage sale, a teen rummage sale, all the monies goes to students being able to go to a conference next summer, a spiritual conference, and we made over $5,200 off of our rummage sale, which is the most we've ever made. And so we celebrate that, um, and Pastor Garrett was telling me that means every student that's going to NYC made around $375, so that is awesome. Um, also wanted to share with you, this is kind of a big deal. Yesterday I met with the church board and shared the vision for the five-year plan uh, that will be revealed at the Don't Miss Sunday in a couple of weeks. And the board unanimously voted to approve that plan. And I can't wait to share with you uh, at Don't Miss Sunday. We want to encourage you to invite someone. It's going to be a big day in the history of our church, uh, what God is doing. But let's just give God a hand for all that he's been doing in our church. And so we encourage you, if nothing else, some of us are shy and we don't like to invite. Just go out to Facebook and click invite and go through your friends list. It took me like 10 or 15 minutes. And invite people that way if you don't like talking to people. But we just encourage you to invite someone, uh, and that'll be coming up here in a couple of weeks. But we're excited today as well. If you're new, we're in a series called Amazing Faith. And we've been learning and talking about how uh, really what it means is to ignore the math and follow the master. Say that with me. Ignoring the math and following the master. We've been learning about that and, and realizing that that's what God's calling us to do, is to ignore the math and follow the master. But let's just be honest. Sometimes it's hard to ignore the math and follow the master. Sometimes there's death, like we heard uh, with the tragic accident that took place in Kansas City. And as much as we love Betty, it's, we're sad that she's not here anymore. And some of you have cancer reports that could have been better. Maybe some of you are going through a divorce or some of you are struggling with an addiction or battling depression or anxiety or just struggling with to understand how you can 
you know, make it through the next day financially. Maybe you're unemployed. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that are represented in the people that are sitting here. And so while you hear some goofball up here saying, ignore the math and follow the master, let's be real. Sometimes it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to do that. And yet, as we follow God and we get connected to God and we have a relationship with Him and He he walks with us, we are enabled through His Spirit and through His power to begin to trust and it's to start to ignore some of the the things that are going on in our lives. It's not that we totally ignore them, but we begin to maybe put those on the back burner. We begin to trust that God has a bigger plan or that He's going to carry us through that. And so we ask this question, we're going to ask it each week of this series, in what area of your life, or in my case, areas, in what area or areas of your life is God calling you to stop doing the math? I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to get over what happened. I'm never going to find a job. I'm never going to find a friend. To ignore the math and start following the master in what area in your life is God calling you to stop crunching the numbers and trust him the question that we've been asking and really it's pretty clear is how does God get the credit if you and I can figure it out on paper all the time because if you and I can figure out the math all the time God doesn't get the credit we can take the credit. But there's times throughout Scripture, and, and, and the Bible's actually littered with those times, and times in our life where the math doesn't work, and yet God specializes in those times. So if today, if you're in here, and you are struggling in some way or asking questions like we all do at times, why, how, what, God wants to carry you and walk with you and get the credit for delivering you in your life. We said in there's a book that I've been reading, Chase the Lion, which is a great book, and in it it says, faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second step. See, I believe there's times in our life where we won't even see a shadow of the second step. I remember sitting on my bed and finding out that my parents were separating. And in my little mind, I'm like, and I can see throughout that whole story how God carried all of us through that whole pain. I couldn't see the second step. I remember when Whitney had a miscarriage before Noah was born, I couldn't see the second step. I remember when dad called and said he'd been diagnosed with melanoma. I couldn't see that he was going to be okay. And some of you've had that call and it wasn't okay. Things didn't work out. And yet faith is trusting that no matter how the second step happens or what life brings us, God is carrying us and he is with us. Faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second step. 
Today we're in a message from Joshua chapter 6. If you have your Bibles or you want to go to the Bible app that's on your phone. If you're new today and you don't have a Bible, you can go to your phone and just download Version Bible app. And you can go into the events section and all of the notes for today are there with devotions that you can do if you'd like. But in this Joshua chapter 6, the, the title of this message today is called Marching Orders. And the question is, what do you do when God's marching orders for you seem strange or don't make sense? You remember the Karate Kid movie, right, that I always refer to. And he says, paint the fence, right? Wax the car. It's like, why are you having me do all this crazy stuff? And at the end, he gets in front of him. He's like, Daniel, son, show me paint the fence. And it's a weird accent, but whatever. And he throws a punch at him, and he's able to block it, right? He shows, wax on, wax off, and he throws a punch, and he's able to block it. And it begins to click that the marching orders that Miyagi had given him had a purpose. And in your life, it may not make sense, but God has a purpose for you. And in this story, to not bore you with a a big, long story, but... We're going to be looking at where the walls come tumbling down and the Jericho walls come down and Joshua goes in and they take over Jericho. That's the first city in the promised land. If, if you don't know a lot about the Bible, let me fill in the gaps for you. What happened is, is God created humanity and humanity sinned and, and God began to try to find another way to connect with humanity. And he chooses to, to find this guy named Abraham and make Abraham's descendants into a great nation and begin to kind of teach them what it means to follow God. And the the problem with that is, is that they get it wrong over and over and God has to continue to redeem them. But at one point they find themselves in Egypt as slaves to the Egyptians. And God goes to Moses. Some of you might recognize that name. And if not, God goes to this man named Moses and he says, Moses, you're called to lead these people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so Moses argues with God like we all do sometimes and eventually says, okay, I'll go do it. And he takes two million people. Can you imagine two million people on a vacation? I mean, our, our car was full and arguing and all kinds of stuff. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> imagine taking two million people, not on a vacation, but into the desert where it's hot. And they begin to complain, but Moses is holding on to the fact that they're going to go into the promised land. And as they approach it, Moses sends out some scouts to go check it out. And they come back. And most of them say, we're ants. We're grasshoppers. They're giants. We can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb, who are a group, who are a couple guys that went along, and they're like, what are you talking about, man? We can totally beat them. It's like in sports, when you play some team, you just know you're going to lose to. And everybody, no matter how much the coaches try to tell you you can beat them, they already know they're going to lose. And you're fighting a losing battle because not only is it hard enough to beat the team, but their mindset's wrong. And God sees that their mindset is wrong and he begins to, to, Moses begins to talk to them and and the spies come back, the scouts come back and they say, we can't beat them and that, you know how loose lips sink ships, right? And they begin to tell other people, oh my goodness, there's no way we're going to be able to defeat them. And no matter what Joshua and Caleb do, the people don't listen, and it spreads, and there's this negativity, and God's like, you know what? Forget this. And Moses says, no, 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 no. And God says, okay, but here's the deal. None of those people are going to see the promised land because of their lack of faith. We're going to wait till that generation passes away, and we'll go into the promised land. And they spare Joshua and Caleb because they had faith. 
And so all this time goes by. Have you ever had something you're shooting for in your life, maybe starting a business or, or doing something crazy just out there, and you know you, you go through year one and year two and year three, and there's all these things going on, and, and eventually you finally, after this big, long story, you finally see that the dream that God put in your heart is starting to happen. And it's a different Israelite group. And Joshua this time instead of Moses, because Joshua went on the first trip. Now he's where Moses is, and he sends some people out, and they come back, and they say, we can take them. God's going to give it to us. And Joshua's like, it's go time. And so they're outside the city of Jericho, and God begins to give them some marching orders. You see, they're scared. The city of Jericho is scared because they've heard of the reputation of God's people. And so they've locked the gates to the city and there's no way in. And if you know anything about this city wall, you know, back then you were, your reputation was about your wall. I mean, it was your protection. It wasn't how much you could lift or how strong you were. It's how big your city's wall was. And if you want to talk about a wall, Jericho's wall was so fortified, in some places it was 25 feet high. The sanctuary in here at its highest point, I think, is like 26 feet high. So about this height. But what's more impressive is it was 20 feet thick. Now that is a wall. 20 feet high. And 20 feet thick. And in Joshua chapter 6... We find these words, now the gates of Jericho, they were tightly shut because, let's finish that sentence, the people were. No one was allowed to go out or in. About six months to a year ago, I live in Countryside Edition, and the police were looking for somebody that kind of, I guess, had done something wrong and parked their car and was running around the neighborhood and Different neighbors are like, don't go out of your house. Don't let anybody in or out. They're looking for somebody. So we didn't. Jericho's like, don't let anybody in and out. Those Israelites, man, they're going to take us. And the Lord says to Joshua, I know you see the wall. Yes, it's 25 feet high and 20 feet thick. But I have given you Jericho. It's king and all its strong warriors. God doesn't say this after the walls are down. He gives them this promise and this command while the walls are up. You and your fighting men march around the town once a day for how many days? Six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day... You are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing their horns. Now, imagine if you had a bully that you were afraid of, and for seven days they taunted you and marched around the city and told you that they were going to win and they were going to beat you up. I mean, that's pretty daunting. And these people inside this city, while it's 20 feet high and, or 25 feet high and 20 feet thick, and there's guards on top of this wall, I mean, the math says that the wall and the guards and the, I mean, everything about this is setting up for Jericho to win. 
and they're the ones that are scared. And on the seventh day, with the priests blowing their horns, when you hear the priests give one blast on the ram's horn, have all the people, let's finish it, shout as loud. And God says, when you do that, the walls are going to collapse and the people can come right in to the town and you can take the city. So Joshua gives those orders that God gave. And he begins to tell them. And Israel follows those orders. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. And the tension is mounting. They see these people marching around the city. And the seventh time they go around, they blow the trumpet. One loud trumpet blast. And they shout as loud as they can. Let's finish it. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho and the Israelites charged straight into the town. God specializes in 25 feet high and 20 feet thick. The question I guess I have for you and I today is, what is 25 feet high and 20 feet thick in your life today? As I said earlier, it could be marital problems, it could be finance problems, it could be an addiction, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be physical health problems. It could be just frustration that you have been asking God and asking God and nothing is happening. And as much as you spend time with God and you pray, all you see is 25 feet high and 20 feet thick. And I'm here to tell you today, you're in the right place because God specializes in coming through when it feels like there's no way anything can come through. So the question is, are you focused on how big and strong the walls are? Or how powerful God is? I mean, if you do the math on paper, if you're just doing the math, there's guards on top of this wall, so the angle's wrong for the Israelites. The Israelites are on the ground. The people of Jericho, the, the men of Jericho, the guards of Jericho, they're on top of the wall. The angle's wrong. The math says Jericho should win. The math says they're on the wrong side of the wall. Israel's on the wrong side of the wall. And yet 25 feet high and 20 feet thick didn't stop Israel's faith and Jericho's fear. It's like it's God math, like plus God is bigger and better than any other math that you can come up with. Plus God. My wife and I are falling apart, plus God. We're going to have to declare bankruptcy, plus God. The cancer report says it's back, plus God. I've been battling this struggle my whole life, plus God. 
The mass says Israel should be full of fear and Jericho should be full of faith. But when you add God into the equation, Israel is with faith and Jericho is with fear. Some of us don't know who Betty Ledford is. That name doesn't mean anything to you. You've been coming to this church for a year or less. And so when we say that name, you're like, who? Who is that? But Betty is a lady in our church and She's been a part of our church for a long, long time and just an amazing lady of, of God and passed away here just two or three days ago. And I think she battled cancer like three different times and then was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And the math says she should be down and depressed and full of anxiety and worry. And I'm sure she's human and had moments of that. But what you heard and what you knew she believed was God is bigger. And I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. She understood what Paul was saying. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Read that with me. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Another takeaway is sometimes... You have to march a little if you want to see the walls come down. Say that with me. Sometimes you have to march a little if you want to see the walls come down. Let's be honest. Sometimes we have to march more than just a little. In visiting with different people, you know, I've heard stories about people that have prayed and prayed and prayed for God to break through to their adult child about the Lord. Or they've prayed and prayed and prayed for things in their marriage to improve. Or prayed and prayed and prayed for them to find a job. And it's almost similar to when, you know, Joshua and the and the Israelites are marching around the city. They, you know, God doesn't collapse the walls on the first day and the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day or even the sixth day. But they just keep marching and they keep praying and they keep believing and they keep trusting. And, and in our lives, it's kind of like that. We're, we're praying about something and we're trying not to, to let, you know, the opposite of hope come in and, and defeat us. And, and we're praying and we're circling and we're asking and we're begging and, and we're saying, God, help me. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Lord, help me. And I know there's people in that tragedy in Kansas City where those kids were killed. They're praying, they're believing and they're trusting. And, the, and yet at the same time, they're filled with grief and they're filled with fear and they're filled with doubt. And they're filled with struggle. And, and all of us can get like that. And we're, we're asking and we're praying and we're trying to be strong. We're trying to believe. We're trying to have faith. And yet at the same time, we've got all this doubt and this worry. And so we march. Because we were taught to march. We were taught to believe. Some of you grew up in church. Some of us didn't. But some of us did. And even those of us who did grow up in church, who were raised to keep marching... It's hard to keep marching sometimes because no one else is marching about what you're marching about. No one else is praying about what you're praying about. No one else is, is going to the Father, at least it seems like that, but you about this. And it gets tired and it gets lonely and nothing's happening. And I'm out of shape, so I'm going to keep quit marching. Keep marching. 
Don't quit. Because you might be on lap six and you just don't know it and there's only one more to go. You might be on lap seven. You know what's interesting is nowhere in scripture does it say before the walls came down that there was a crack in the wall. You know, the math, right? My logical mind would say, you know, on day seven, lap one, you see a crack. And day seven, lap two, you see a second crack. And by the fourth crack, it's starting to, right? They don't see anything. Day seven, lap seven, at the finish line. It goes from no cracks to collapsed. What if you stopped praying and believing? Conversely, what if you kept marching and kept believing and kept trusting? Is your faith allowing you to see past the walls? 25 feet high, 20 feet thick. Or is your fear allowing you to see nothing but the walls? See, I can tell you in my life, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm going to be real with you today, okay? Other pastors might not say, don't say this. Well, I'm going to say it. Even as a, a pastor, when I don't spend the time that I need to with God, you're a pastor, you don't spend time with God? Well, I try to, but I, I don't always do a great job of it. When I don't spend time with God, I am not filled with faith. I am filled with fear. I am filled with my human nature. I am filled with doubt. I am filled with, is this going to work? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. But when any of us draw close to God and we know his heart, He allows us to see beyond those walls. I don't know that I've ever had so much faith that I didn't notice the walls. You know, I believe there's so much faith, you don't even see the wall at all. But I can tell you that when I'm walking with God the way that I should, the walls are in the background and what I see is beyond the walls. And so today, if you're not spending time with God, because an hour every week here isn't going to be enough time for you to be close to God. I mean, it's a start and you should do it because there's strength in coming together. But to really see the way God wants me to see and you to see, it's got to be the time I have with God without you guys and you without me. And it's not that you don't notice the stage four cancer. It's not that you notice that you are struggling. It's that you're so close to the Lord that you know he's carrying you through it. I was talking to someone a while back and what they were going through was really bad. But they said to me, my relationship with God And my relationship with my wife and my kids is so strong that I feel the rain, I feel the winds, but I am steadied 
And conversely, walls, right? Strong walls because Jericho had these strong walls and money and wealth and all the things that the world says should make us strong. I am successful. I am a good athlete. My kids are smart. My grandkids are smart. People pay attention to me. If we don't have that time with God, we are still filled with fear. Is your faith allowing you to see past the walls? Or is your fear allowing you to see nothing but the walls? Imagine, imagine, think about this. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to imagine this. Imagine what would happen in your life if you would begin to trust and walk with God. And there was a day where your depression or your anxiety or your struggles or your cancer or your doubts or your worries or whatever it is that you would say is 20 feet high and 25 feet thick. Imagine if you started walking with God and you began to believe and you continued to march that there was a day that that's not what your focus was. And you were to say, I don't struggle with alcohol every day all the time. I don't struggle with drugs every day, all day, all the time. Such and such passed away and I still mourn and I still miss, but I sense God's carrying me. Imagine if you would allow God before he tore down the physical wall in your life or the figurative wall in your life. Imagine if you let him tear down the walls around your heart and replace your anger and your hurt and your bitterness with his love. Love is powerful. Not our love, that agape love that God talks about that melts grudges, that melts pride, that melts all the stuff. I was talking to somebody a while back. I said, well, how's it going to work out? They said, I don't know. God's got it. I said, well, you should probably, are you? Nope, God's got it. As we stand together this morning, is your faith allowing you to see past the walls or is your fear allowing you to see nothing but the walls? Most of our visitors, not all of them, but most of our visitors are during this service here. So maybe there's somebody in here before, you've never been here before, or you're listening online and it's the first time you've tuned in or you've tuned in a couple of times and you feel like something weird's happening to you, like where you feel kind of like God's, something's going on, but you don't know what to do with that. That's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to your heart. And you don't really have to do anything. You just need to say, Lord, speak to me. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, during this next song, you can just say, Lord, I'd like to begin a relationship with you. I don't even know how to pray. Prayer is just talking with God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he raised from the dead on the third day. 
He took our punishment. And when we invite Jesus into our hearts and we ask him to be the Lord of our life, he comes in and he begins to clean out the junk. And as we walk with him, just like when you plant a flower and you water it or you give it sunlight, when we walk with God after we receive Jesus into our heart, it begins to grow just like a relationship does with anybody when you spend time with them. I'm gonna ask you today, during this song, if you don't know him, to begin to use this time to talk to him. And for the rest of us, is your faith allowing you to see past the walls? Or is your fear allowing you to see nothing but the walls? If we could uh, just bow our heads and close our eyes, I wonder maybe if there's somebody in here today that you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus. And it's, it's simple. It's almost like A, B, C. A is admit, believe. B is believe. C is confess. Admit, believe, confess. Say that with me. Admit, believe. Maybe there's somebody in here today and you admit that life isn't working for you. And you admit that you're a sinner because we're all born sinners and you admit today that God is speaking to your heart. And you believe that Jesus is the answer. Not that he's going to fix everything in your life, but you, you believe that he died on the cross for your sins and you believe that he raised from the dead and you believe that he can, he can walk with you through your life and you believe that he can make a difference in your life and you believe today that he's what you've been missing then you simply have to just confess confess that Jesus is Lord confess that you don't have all the answers and that he does and confess that he is your Lord and Savior The Bible says that if we admit with our mouth and believe in our heart that we can be saved. So if that's you today, all you have to simply say is, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask you to save me from my sins. I ask you, Lord, to carry me, to walk with me, to show me what it means to follow you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If you prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand up really quickly? Amen. You can put your hands down. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant that prayer, then you've invited Jesus into your heart, and your eternal destination has been changed to heaven. And we have a Bible that we'd like to give you and some information You can open your eyes now, but Pastor Adam is over there in the corner. He's got his hand in the air. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we're going to ask you after the service is over, not in front of everybody, but after the service is over, to make your way to the starting point room. It's literally right through that door. We're not going to ask you a bunch of questions. We're not going to try to put you on the spot. We're just going to give you a Bible. If you want to talk with Adam, you can. If you want to go, you can. But we encourage you with that as well. We also want to today 
Pray for our students and our educators because school's getting ready to start. So if you're a teacher or a student or a para or you work in some way in the school system, we're going to invite you to come up here real quick. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask you to talk. We just want to pray with you. Let's give them a hand as they come up real quick. Maybe we could just have some family and different ones that these guys are a part of that you'd like to come and just be behind them. And let's all of us raise our hands and direct them towards these students and teachers. And we're also representing all the ones that are not here. Lord Jesus, today we lift up our teachers and our students and our faculty and our university and and, and Colgan and Frontenac and Girard and Pittsburgh and Columbus and Cherokee and Lamar and all over God. And we just pray your your power and your presence would be in our school districts. Lord, I lift up our teachers. God, I pray that you would just enable them, Father, to be filled with your spirit. Father, give them patience with the kid who's hard to deal with. Father, I pray that you would help our teachers to see beyond that. I lift up our coaches to you, God, and and our our faculty, Lord, and, and all the different, Lord, activities that are going on. We pray for safety. Lord, we pray for our students, God. We pray that you would protect them and just give them a great school year together. We lift up Countryside Christian School. I forgot about them. Pray that you'd be with them today. We thank you and we give you praise. We lift up Darla, Lord, who has an unspoken request just now. God, you know what that need is, and we ask that you would meet that need. Father, be with the Ledford family. Be with the tragedy that took place, Lord, in Kansas City. Be with all those that prayed the prayer to accept you into into their heart. And Lord, we give you praise and glory for who you are. In Jesus' name, all the people said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.